But our brains are constantly changing, constantly evolving. That's what allows us to learn. So it allows our brains to adapt, to heal. And for me, what that really means is that we're capable of learning, adapting, um, and evolving, right? As long as we're giving our brains exactly what they need. you can help out uh clinton and his mental health and his cognitive health you know so that's <laughs> my biggest uh, i'll be honest that's my biggest um hope for today besides that's funny i was going to use that joke on you ah, dude, come on i'm the brains of the operation and the beauty actually i mean that ladies and gentlemen was the voice of a god dr sarat sugger i am dr clinton coleman welcome to recommend a daily dose if you're listening or watching please remember to rate subscribe and review i am I and we are privileged to have our guest, Dr. Philippe Dion. He is a board certified neurologist, but more importantly, he is the founder and CEO of the health, wellness, and technology company, the Inlay Brain Fit Institute. The link will be below. Um, that institute and company was created to improve people's health and quality of life. Um, we have him today to talk about his new program. It's called Take Charge of Your Brain in 30 Days, which I think Siraj may need a little longer. You have an extended program for him, I, I hope, right? Yeah, I'm looking more for a long-term kind of a, you know, situation. So He's going to tell us about his program, which helps people with medical, mental, and neurologic disorders get healthier and create the lives they want for themselves. Welcome, Dr. Dion. Thank you. Welcome, Thank you for having me. I mean, I love the, the voice of God intro. <laughs> <laughs> But you know you can't you can't be saying that to people with uh, neurological and mental health issues. Oh, right, right, right. Because they actually will hear <laughs> the voice of God. Yeah. Because they might okay. actually believe it. Um, you know, before you start getting into what you're doing now, I would love to hear just a little background of how you got to this point, like how you started out, kind of more traditional clinical medicine, and then went into your own kind of specialized uh, niche. Yeah. So you know, I, I'm a neurologist and epilepsy specialist, and I was part of a big epilepsy group. Right. Uh, for about epilepsy five years. Is, is what though for our, for our uh, seizure disorders got it okay so uh seeing people with seizures and other neurological issues and uh really one day looked at my older colleague and was like man is that gonna be my life when i am 55 <laughs> right, right i was like i need to i need to make some changes and just so what, what, what specifically, what specifically, because I you know this is something a lot of doctors, right? I mean, we're going to talk about a lot of different things, but I think a lot of doctors look for side gigs, look for, you know, there's some, there's idea of burnout. Some people are looking to get out of clinical medicine, alternate careers, et cetera. So what was it about what you saw in your older colleague or what I have you that kind of made you think, man, I, I can't be this person in 15 years, 20 years. Yeah. You know, my time was being controlled by you know, whether it was hospital administrators, right. secretaries in my practice. Um, so I didn't have that kind of control. I was taking call all the time, I hear and, that. you know, and, and they're telling you, you got to see patients in 15, 20, 30 minutes. And I was like, but man, I could influence a, a lot more lives right. if I did it differently. Right. Right. So that, that really pushed me to, to just start thinking about it in a completely different way. So it's the whole idea of thinking outside the box, which I think a lot of docs are looking at these days as the practice of medicine changes, right? Clint and I talk about it all the time, you know, we're constrained by insurance, by time. It's almost like, um, 
it's like a factory, right? A 15 minute blocks of patience. And it's, it's not as satisfying as perhaps it was in different generations. So definitely applaud you for take kind of finding your own, your own way. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the patients that take the longest that take like an hour to see in your office that are the most challenging, somehow the insurance companies only pay you like 15 bucks. <laughs> right. 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 So tell us what led you on this journey and how you started this new endeavor with your, your program. Yeah, so for me, you know, what, what I felt made me a really good doctor wasn't that I knew what medications to prescribe people, but it was I really connected well with patients because I've been a patient my entire life. I've been a patient since I was 18 years old. I was diagnosed with kidney disease, had a kidney transplant at 28, eight days after graduating from uh, medical school. Um, and so that's what really made me a good doctor. I just knew what it felt like to have to face your mortality, to have to take medications and have side effects. Um, and I knew what it meant to have to kind of continue to to live my dreams despite what my diagnosis was, right? Yeah. And, and to adapt when you need to. And so I wanted to take that experience and really share it with people, right? Because a lot of diseases you're not gonna be able to cure, but you still have to be able to create the life that you want right. and live the life that you've always dreamt for yourself. Also, the um, the constraints of a medical practice sometimes isn't conducive. A 15-minute appointment isn't conducive to a lot of right. these issues. Um, tell us about your, your program. That I'm, I'm assuming that kind of um, deals addresses those those constraints. Yeah, so, you know, the, the reality is that the, the research shows that the vast majority of Americans are um, healthcare illiterate, which means that they don't mm -hmm. understand disease, they don't understand the jargon that we use, they don't understand how to resolve issues. And right. so you're not going to increase their literacy in that 15, 20 minute time span. You've, you've got to meet people where they're at. And when they come see you in the office, there's a whole bunch of emotions that are running through them, right? They're, they're scared, yeah. you know, they're dealing with somebody in a white coat, they're dealing with somebody who's about to tell them potentially some bad news. Um, and so I'm when like, you take I, that- I just, I talked to you for 15 minutes, 30 minutes, I gave you like the rundown and then five minutes later you asked me what I said. So it's like that right. retention is, uh, we, we take that for granted, right? Sorry, continue. Yeah, you know, and you can't even blame them for not remembering. Right. It's the way that everything is set up, right? And, and we've all had those patients who, you know, you're taking their history, they've had abdominal surgery, they can't even tell you why. Right. They just right. let somebody cut them open and they have no idea. And so this is really about sort of meeting people where they're at um, teaching them about different diseases, but also teaching them how they can create the life that they want for themselves, despite whatever challenges that they're facing in life. So if I understand correctly, this is almost like a concierge neurology practice. Is that correct? I mean, that's kind of the buzzword these days, you know, for primary care concierge or direct primary care. But, you know, this is almost a model that I, if I understand this, this fully is that, that you're taking uh, towards more mental and neurological well-being. Yeah, this is more like health and life coaching mm. combined into one. So I'm not I'm not prescribing medications. You're not. Okay. Um, you know, I'm teaching you about how to have a mission, vision, and purpose for your life, and why that's important for the evolution of your brain and the role that your brain plays in that. I'm teaching you about how everyday things influence your overall health and how things influence the evolution of your brain. And then I'm teaching you how to create your own sort of prescription plan by developing your mind, your body, as well as your, your spirit. And I know one thing you mentioned and that you've talked about, and I find very fascinating, um, 
is this idea of neuroplasticity, right? So if you could explain that in a general theme to the people listening out there, and then also kind of expand about what that is, and then not only that what it is, but how you can use that concept and people, like including us, especially Clinton, who I think has some room to, to grow and learn, uh, <laughs> you know, how can we can use this idea inside of neuroplasticity uh, to improve our lives, improve our function? Yeah, so we used to think that the brain was pretty static. Like, right. The only time it would change is if you got some kind of brain injury or some degenerative disease like Alzheimer's or some dementia. But right. our brains are constantly changing, constantly evolving. That's what allows us to learn. So it allows our brains to adapt, to heal. And for me, what that really means is that we're capable of learning, adapting, um, and evolving, right? As long as we're giving our brains exactly what they need. And so I tell people all the time, being creatures of habit is killing our neurological potential. Like, I'm a big believer that you need to reinvent yourself every few years. Right. right? Um, so, like, like we started off saying that, you know, I, I looked at my older colleague and I was like, that can't, that can't be my life in five or ten years. Um, because I knew that I was almost done growing in that practice. Right. You know, I wasn't learning anything new. Right. I wasn't challenging myself in any way. Or offering patients anything different. Right. No. Right. It was it was going to be Lamictal, Vimpat, Kepra. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you think um, your focus is on your focus with your program is uh, either a replacement for like traditional neurology or psychiatry or like a compliment? Like how would uh, patients go about like using your program? Yeah, no, I think it's definitely a compliment too. I think so. I've always been a big believer that when possible, if you're going to prescribe somebody medication, it's really to try to get them over a hump while you put in a much more comprehensive lifestyle plan. Right. right? right. And so my program allows that to take place. And my program, like I said, is, it's just a really good compliment. And I think it empowers people a little bit more because traditional medicine tends to be a really passive thing for patients. Right. It's like you come see us, we'll give you a medication or we'll take your surgery. And this is like, you come see us, but we're going to tell you what you can be doing every day to change your life. Now, you know, since we're talking about your program, maybe you can give us an example. Let's just say, uh, for example, there's a nephrologist uh, who we may or may not know uh, who has been a bit stressed out uh, due to COVID-19. He's working very hard in his practice. Kicking my ass, uh, man. He, he gave it maybe my co-host, <laughs> right? So, but, you know, walk us through, Clinton Coleman comes, Dr. Coleman comes into your office. I'm burnt out. Uh, my podcast uh, uh, partner has really eclipsed me, you know, medically and socially <laughs> and everything else. And I need to grow and catch up with him. You can't spell you know, eclipse. No, right, kidding aside, you know, this has been ex ex even for serious, and we can be serious even for two minutes, maybe a minute and a half. You know, we're both stressed out. Uh, COVID has really taken a hit on both of us. So uh, let's say a physician comes to you. What what gives just something, just general theme, not the whole program. Yeah, and I think it's really about getting back to what that person wants their life to look like, right? Okay. And one of the things that we, I feel like we stop doing as adults is we stop having dreams for ourselves. You know, it's like you get to a certain place and you stop dreaming about what your, your potential can be. And it becomes about setting new goals, having a new purpose in life. Look, we know that people who are 90 and have a reason to get up in the morning do better than people who are 40 sure. and have no reason to get up. So yeah. we've got to give you a new reason to get up. Right. We've got to give you a, a, a new purpose in life. Um, and then we've got to show you how you can work your way to getting there. And it may be, look, I can't be going into the hospital every single day anymore. All right. Well, what do you want to do now? Right? What right. do you want that to look like? 
and let's start taking the steps to get you there. It seems almost to me like it's the whole idea, the adage of never stop learning, right? I, I'm actually, and I think Clinton will, will chime in uh, and, and further the question, but, you know, as a physician, uh, you uh, med school, um, you know, undergrad and med school, neurology, I'm assuming you did an epilepsy fellowship. So we're constantly thinking the next board, next thing to learn, but then you hit a wall where you said, what do I do now? Now I, I'm going to do this for the next 35 years, right? And a lot of people might say, well, look, you work hard your entire 20s, uh, now just, just work. But... I think what you're saying is that no, you can't stop learning, right? I mean, you have to keep growing, which I think you're absolutely right. A lot of physicians do get into a rut of just, you know, rinse, wash, repeat, see patients, uh, deal with paperwork and, and do the same thing. So I find it very fascinating that you as a physician who most people probably think they were constantly learning and are happy to take a break are saying, no, I need to keep, keep growing as a person. Yeah, you've got to keep growing as a person. I saw somebody a couple of years ago who was a memory expert. He spent 50 years of his life studying memory. Right. right. I attended one of his lectures. I couldn't even understand what he was saying as a neurologist. And I was like, I'm not even sure he understands what he's saying. And then he came to see me in the office because he was having memory issues. Mm. Because the moment that he retired, he could no longer compensate right. for the fact that he hadn't developed himself in any other way. He hadn't, you know, learned any anything new. Um, and it's so it's really important that we sort of step out of our comfort zone. We learn brand new skills, whether it's new languages, new hobbies, new instruments. We right. take on different career paths. Um, we've got to develop ourselves. I think the and the key point is probably challenging yourself, right? So, um, and I think we all deal dealing with this now as far as uh, the pandemic. We're all mm -hmm. challenged physically and mentally. Um, how has that changed how your right. program um, is geared towards patients? Like, I think everyone's stressed. I think, you know, the brain has a pretty good knack for dealing with stress, but uh, unfortunately us as providers are limited in providing that help. Right. So the brain is built for short-term stress, but it's not built for long-term stress. Right. Mm -hmm. and so with, once you start going into chronic stress, you're going to start having memory issues, problems with focus and concentration, right. uh, things like depression sets in. Um, and so you've got to find really healthy ways of, of relieving that stress. And I think one of the things that physicians are really struggling with right now is how disempowered they are, right? Sure. Because it's kind of like you're in a pandemic. Oh, no, no, no. You still got to go to work into the hospital, regardless if there are PPEs there right. for you. It's like, what kind of nonsense is that? Right. Um, and so I think finding ways to empower people, whether they're physicians, patients or whoever, that's so incredibly important. Can you give us a small like idea of something that we could do? Not we as physicians, but patients dealing with the stress of isolation, not being able to go out, mm -hmm. see your loved ones, um, having to work at home, eating all day. Is there something yeah. like... Is, you got the magic pill or something that you can Like I'm used to with. kicking it with Coleman, you know, kicking at his house. And I'm really sucking it. <laughs> what do you try, Paul? First class? of all, look. <laughs> you got my reference. I love it. All right, there you go. You, you got to get your body moving. So you want to be exercising. This right. is actually right. a really great time to, to learn a new hobby or skill. You yeah. come out of this pandemic and you're like, all of a sudden I know how to play guitar. Right. It's like right. you, you took that time that year or who knows, year and a half, two years, and developed a completely new skill, you're going to be really proud of yourself, right? Or you learned a brand new language, you're going to be really proud of yourself. This is a great time to turn yourself 
into the person you've always wanted to be. Because what will happen in about three years is people are going to be so stressed out, so overworked that they're going to be like, damn, no, that COVID time, that wasn't so bad when I had all that time to myself. At right. Right. Yeah, you know, I have a friend of mine, very close friend of mine from college. Um, you know, he works in the financial field. He's working from home. He's a trader, someone who used to work, you know, crazy hours, commute to Manhattan. He now uh, called me and said, yo, I just got a, a pilot license. I'm flying, you know, which is amazing that he decided to take this time and do something positive. How about something along a smaller scale? Because, you know, as we say, there's a disconnect with COVID. And so as an infectious disease doctor, a lot of ER docs, they'll say, hey, you know, we don't have any free time. We're working nonstop. But I suspect you're going to say, no, there's still time. and You have to find time, even if you're, you know, we may not have the free time that perhaps other fields may have. Uh, but what's something even on a smaller scale? You know, I would love to learn a new language. I would love to, uh, you know, be able to learn how to dunk and slam over Clinton. But, you know, something small. What's a small everyday thing I could do or anyone could do for that matter to just kind of develop that brain? You could dress nicer, work. maybe. Pick, learn style. Perhaps you haven't seen the screen. Let's continue. continue. Stand up. You, I mean, you, look, you can work on your beach body. Summer will come back. Um, like you can meditate 10, 15 sure. minutes per day. That has shown to change the structure of your brain. Right. Mm. Right? Um, yeah, so there, there are a lot of little things that you can do. Yeah, and, and you know, when you say change the structure, does that change uh, as we get older or is there a chance to, to basically make new neuronal connections? I think that's what the idea of neuroplasticity is, right? You're developing uh, different connections of brain. Is that something you can do throughout your life? Yeah, so in, in my book, Neuroplasticity, Your Brain Superpower. So I describe mm. how throughout your entire life, as long as you're giving your brain what it needs, you've got the ability of making new neurons and new connections, which means that you are capable of evolving your entire life. Right? You don't have to become demented or develop Alzheimer's. I think that's right. one of the biggest, biggest myths is that you're not in control of your neurological evolution. Everything that you do every single day influences how your brain is gonna evolve. Is that a new way of thinking or, because I think, if you think about it, the brain controls everything in, in your body to to, mm -hmm. to a more or less extent. Um, the concept of the brain healing uh, itself or the rest of your body, is that something that like doctors and patients can use? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's something that everybody can use. And one of the things that I say to people is the fact that you are aware of your thoughts suggests right. that there's a much higher level of consciousness. You are not your brain. Right. So you you can't let your brain use you because if it does, it's going to take you down a dark, deep cycle of negativity. And so you have to take charge of your brain. Right. You get to teach your brain what you want it to learn. You get to teach it new skills. You get to, you know, um, show it what, what it is that you want it to do. Now, you mentioned your book. Tell us a little bit more about that. I wasn't uh, actually I, I knew about the program, uh, but you said a book as well. How did that come about? Yeah, so I read that I wrote that book uh, around 2017, 2018, and it came out 2019. I guess it was when I was plotting my escape from private <laughs> practice. <laughs> it was it was a, an app, a game, and then and the book. Um, those right. are my tickets out, and uh, it was again to really help people. I, I was inspired by the patients that I was seeing. Um, you know how they were just kind of regardless of what neurological issues they had, they were still able to. Uh, create the life that they wanted for themselves. So I wanted to share that message with with other people. No, that's excellent. Now, you mentioned it before we started that, um, you know, this is all done virtually. So tell us a little bit about where people can find you, both on social media as well as through your, your website, et cetera. 
Yeah, so social media-wise, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is philippe.md, so P-H-I-L-I-P-V-E.md. They can find me on Facebook at Philippe Dion MD or LinkedIn, Philippe Dion MD. They can go to my website, which is inleebrainfitinstitute.com, or they can email me at Philippe Dion at gmail.com. You can, people can reach out to you and ask questions. I'm assuming you'll, you'll reach back, reach out to them. Absolutely. I, I always love answering questions, and Good. they can find my book on Amazon and and get to my course on uh, through my website. I, I practice the old adage that uh, laughter is the best medicine, but I, I agree with the brain health. And, you know, we, we definitely learned something today. And I, th I find it fascinating, this whole idea of neuroplasticity. So thank you so much for coming on. You know, thank you for all listeners for listening and watching. Please find us at our new website, rxdailydose.com, that my friend, Dr. Clinton Coleman, uh, was the only IT podcast host, only podcast host who usually wears church clothes, right? So uh, does, you know, but not today, I guess. <laughs> find us on Apple, Spotify. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, watch, subscribe at youtube.com, DocNation Media. Please rate and review and subscribe. Uh, thank you so much for coming on, Dr. Sir. As always, Dr. Clinton Coleman. Until next time, be well. <laughs>